0: From the Public Relations Global Network, this is PRGN presents. I'm Adrian McIntyre
1: and I'm Abby Fink, Vice President General Manager of HMA Public Relations in Phoenix, Arizona and a founding member of PRGN. With public relations leaders embedded into the fabric of the communities we serve, clients hire our agencies for the local knowledge, expertise and connections in markets spanning 6 continents across the world.
0: Our guests on this bi weekly podcast series are all members of the Public Relations Global Network. They discuss such topics as the importance of sustainability and environmental, social, and governance programs, crisis communications, content marketing, reputation management, and outside of the box thinking for growing your business.
1: For more information about PRGN and our members, please visit prgn.com. And now, let's meet our guest for this episode.
2: Hi, I'm Natalie Gadotti with Gadotti here in Little Rock, Arkansas.
1: So it's obvious, I think, for most of us when we open up a magazine or newspaper and we see an ad that that company is trying to get us to engage, purchase, make a donation, do something. It might not be so obvious if we are a business trying to attract another business, so Natalie, you and I are gonna chat a little bit about what business-to-business communications is really all about and that it's has an entirely different approach than taking out an ad and really has to address that opportunity that one business can provide to another business. And I think for communicators, this is one of our um, most interesting challenges is how do we connect the clients that we represent with the clients that they want to work with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And um, just what you said, Abby, B2B is a very different play than B2C. Um, And the reason is, is, you know, in all in all marketing or PR, it's all about trust. Right. But in B2B, it's even more so what we have found. You definitely have to build um, a trust factor with those potential clients. And it's really kind of through that thought leadership platform. I mean, are you coming across as an expert that this other business wants to work uh, with? So it, it's all about that trust factor. Um, you know, you can't, it's it's very hard to go and place a bunch of ads to create that um, in the B2B space. So we, in the PR space, do a lot of work in the in B2B. And I think uh, um, you as a PR practitioner and a lot of others um, were often called to help B2B companies establish that thought leadership.
1: So let's expand a little bit on this idea of thought leadership. It's a phrase I think we throw out there quite often. I mean, that part of the reason that, you know, a client might come to us is they want to be a leader in their particular space, whether that's a law firm, an accounting firm, a medical practice, they want to be seen as an expert, um, that their knowledge and and expertise is elevated in some way. So they are a thought leader. But it's more than just saying that you are, you have to demonstrate that you are. So what are some of the things that we do in this uh, opportunity to position our clients as a thought leader what does that really mean
2: yeah that's that's a great question for me it's about a lot of different strategies in, in thought leadership and it's it's telling your story of why you're an expert in that area and sharing uh real examples of your work that speak to you know maybe a potential client so that could be everything from a podcast like this or a blog series that you're doing um LinkedIn is huge right now. I mean, LinkedIn has has been growing and growing and it's for a reason. There's a lot of B2B activity going on on LinkedIn. And so how do you use LinkedIn in your strategy to connect with people and showcase that thought leadership. So it can be a lot of different things. It can be, you know, we do a lot of work um, and I know a lot of um, members of our PRGN group do a lot of work in helping clients um, with speaking engagements and being thought leaders at different associations and conferences and things like that. So that's a whole strategy in itself. But really, Abby, it gets down to What is a potential client's pain points and what is your solution to that? And how are you showcasing that solution to really focus in on their pain point? Because we also know there is so much content out there. There is content everywhere we look. So how are you positioning yourself to stand out in the crowd? And I love to tell clients, let's get down to how are we addressing somebody's pain points? That's where the value is going to come into play, right?
0: Natalie, you really hit the nail on the head with this. The the core problem from a communications point of view is that there's so much content out there. I mean, every single second of every single day, there has been more new information added to the internet than ever in human history or something like that, right? I don't know what the actual statistic is, but it's ridiculous. Right. And even on platforms that work really well like LinkedIn, they're also incredibly noisy. So a minute ago you referenced two things and I wonder if they're not in a kind of tension with each other. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. You said it's important to connect with people and showcase your thought leadership. And of course, sometimes if you're showcasing your thought leadership, you might not be connecting with people. You might just be being an expert speaking your expertise and if you're connecting with people in the kind of old school way that a lot of professionals uh, still think about that you know you're 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 making small talk at a function you're serving on a charity board together you're actually forming real connection real relationship that still drives a lot of business definitely but how do you connect the two how do you get a real human connection and thought leadership happening at the same time. This is not a simple task. No, and
2: it's a long term st- task too, <laughs> very long term. And I always tell people that this is not uh, the short game of Monopoly, right? This is the long game of Monopoly. There, I don't think there is a short game of Monopoly, right? So <laughs> I've
1: never been able to play one, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either, Abby. But so to answer your question, to me, it's about having an authentic voice. So, are you authentic in your thought leadership? And that's where I think you can bridge being, um, connecting with somebody and, and doing that networking and building that relationship, but also having thought leadership. And if you're authentic in, uh, your position on something, that is going to come across. And so, even in my own, um, Thought leadership on on how I use LinkedIn and things like that. You know, I'm putting content out there, um, and thoughts out there, and articles out there that I know to be true. It is very authentic. It's how I run my business. It's how I think, and that does come across in that. Um, and then I think if you are in person having a discussion, maybe you're sitting down having that initial meeting to try to sell somebody on whatever you're selling. It comes across um, and there is a connection because you're not a different person online than you are sitting in front of them. And that's a big one. I mean, gosh, we've seen a million examples of this Um, in any industry you can think of. We've seen examples of a total disconnect in terms of a person sitting in front of you building a relationship versus what their online
1: persona is. I was just having this conversation um, not too long ago about about that concept of authenticity, transparency, and and said exactly that you can't present one way in your social media posts and another way in your one on one communication. We see through that. I mean, the the consumer is smart. We we can recognize that, and I I'm. The, the long-term play on this is really such an important part of this. It is not, you know, one article in a well-placed magazine is not going to get you where you need to be. I mean, you have to look at it as part of an overall strategy. Correct. And I think the other part for me on this conversation is really about that that targeting of who you're trying to reach and why. Oh my gosh, because yes. It, it may be such a a micro... Um, involvement, right? We w- Yes, the large daily newspaper in your community for an opinion piece might be appropriate, but there may be more impact and more opportunity for an engagement on a smaller community publication or a trade journal, or as you said, speaking at a conference. And sometimes it's making that shift that I can be guiding you to be the big fish in the small pond instead of the other way around.
2: Oh, gosh, I totally agree. I love a good consumer persona. And there's a reason because you can paint a picture of the person that is your real target audience. So, um, you know, an example is uh, if you are a engineering and architecture firm, let's say you're a large engineering architecture firm, you've, you've probably got two, clients that you really have to focus in on and, and understand their pain points. Maybe it's it's usually the CEO or the big the decision maker of a, let's say it's a health system, CEO of the health system. And then there's the facility manager. The, the, there's the guy that's actually doing the day-to-day stuff in that facility and has to answer to that CEO. And so you as the architecture engineering firm, you have two different players here that you're trying to sell your services too, and they have very different pain points. Um, So to your point, Abby, that is a very specific strategy, right? How you talk to a CEO of a healthcare system and how you talk to the facility manager is very different. Um, And so it may not, if you have the op-ed and the big paper, the statewide paper, that may not reach those two people. Um, and, and, And also it's not going to reach them with the the very specific words that they need to hear. So there's a lot of work. Um, so that gets to the point of this takes a lot of work. And I think that, you know, it's tough um, for uh B2B players out there, um, CEOs and in in leadership who are trying to sell their services because it does take a lot of time. Um, so that kind of sometimes scares people off. But what I what I say to that is there really is no fast and easy way to make this happen. There just isn't. You know, um, B2B, maybe in B2C, you could say, "Okay, I'm going to run a digital campaign and sell my French fries to everybody. That might be a a fast and easy way. Um, That is just not the case in B2B. Uh, So I think People kind of need to get their head around, Okay, this is going to take some time. It's it's going to take some resources from my end. And how do I open that up in my schedule and in my world to make that happen? That's that's a thing that I always tell clients. It's like you've got to ask yourself, how am I going to carve out time in the day to make some of this stuff happen?
1: And really, how are you managing it across the the entire to use a, a a sales term that sales funnel mm-hmm. right so we as the communications team help guide the messaging we determine what the strategies are going to be whether it's thought leadership pieces linkedin you know wherever that goes what's happening on the client side the 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 first b of the b2b yeah. <laughs> that says what are we going to do with this information once it's out there in the marketplace what what is our next steps in making sure that now that we've brought the story forward, how are we going to use that then to grow yes. our business? How are we going to continue to feed that so that it um, creates that long-term strategy for business growth and success, right? It can't just be a one and done. We have to have a, a long, you know, vision for what we're trying to accomplish. Definitely.
2: So I like to explain it to um, people like this. I think a great way to tackle this and to help um, eliminate some of the fear of this is going to take a lot of time or this is going to I'm going to be creating content, you know, eight hours a day instead of being an engineer or whatever it is, is if you can find your cornerstone strategy as far as content. So that could be I'm going to do a podcast or I am going to do a newsletter that goes out weekly, or I am going to do a video series. And then you take that and you create cobblestone content from that. So that means that, let's say it's a video series. You can take the transcript from that video. You can make it into a blog. You can make it into a LinkedIn article. You can take three quotes from that video and put it in your e-newsletter, or those can be your three tweets that you put out for the week, different things like this. So it helps kind of just in a very tactical way, Uh helps people get their head around creating a lot of different content and putting it in these various uh portals to reach the different people that they need to. If you can say, okay, what's going to be my cornerstone content? What am I going to, focus my energy on and then I can take that and cobblestone it out to these different things. So that's how I I like to explain it.
1: Repurpose and reuse. Right. You know, work smarter, not harder. We've we've created this amazing content and looking for other ways for it to be useful for our organization is a is well it's very smart. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I I like (laughs) I like being able to work a lot smarter than a lot harder. That's for sure. Absolutely.
0: It's also an interesting paradox because in the world of digital communications and especially if you look, you know, into any of the programs developed under account-based marketing or things of that nature specifically targeting a small number of accounts, it's still an incredible volume of work that needs to happen. And so the tools can help us, but we can also get too enamored of the tools and start creating a very complex communication apparatus which is incredibly time consuming and requires a lot of good thoughts because you know, thought leadership has to have good thoughts, not just, not just words. Yes. <laughs> and it strikes me that one of the key differences we ought to talk about before we wrap up is that the sales cycle for most B2B services or products leads to conversations rather than just to a checkout page and an e-commerce site or something. So, you know, uh, the way you would approach consumers to sell sneakers or you know or french fries or san pellegrino is very different than the way you would approach somebody who is part of a team that is going to consider a complex service it's not just that the sale is complex it's that the service offering or the product offering is also complex so people are going to have to talk definitely how do you approach content marketing with a mind to getting people into real human conversations. Does that factor in here? And, and does that change the way you think about the content itself?
2: I love that observation. Absolutely. So, you know, we we work with clients to try to figure out, again, it, it to us, it really goes back to those pain points. Are you addressing those in, let's say, a LinkedIn article that's in there that will spur somebody to email or pick up the phone and say, hey, I have that exact problem and I would really love to hear more thoughts about that. Um, That is what spurs the sale. I mean, you've got to have that conversation. So, all this content is is being developed to drive somebody to say, "Hey, I want to talk to to you more about that. I want to hear your thoughts on that. You clearly know your stuff, and I clearly have that exact problem, and I need to hear how you can help me." So, so absolutely. Um that is that is the goal of any content marketing um is to Ha- be able to have that conversation and be able to sit face to face and have a great conversation about how can I help you?
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of PRGN Presents brought to you by the Public Relations Global Network.
1: We publish new episodes every other week. So follow PRGN Presents in your favorite podcast app. Episodes are also available on our website, along with more information about PRGN and our members at PRGN.com.